Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons and Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, and I'll be your dungeon master. I'm Adam Deweese, and I will be your illithid cleric, Dr. Shepard. I'm Megan Kelleher, and I will be your human monk, Ava Elkin. I'm Rob Clark, and I will be your warforged artificier, Info Fuscat. I'm Whitney Mullins, and I'll be playing Rita Nove and ASMR Bard. And I'm Patrick Collins, playing Kanan Vergas, the tiefling wild magic sorcerer. On the run, at least Dr. Shepard was on the run, because the rest of your crew has been captured by a small army, it seems, of Githyanki. They raided the temple very suddenly, and it's it's kind of both a blessing and a curse because this large creature that you were fighting was kind of kicking your ass. And then this army of gifts showed up, and they blasted that thing to bits. But then they arrested you all for what they said was trespassing on Amaron. They claimed that the Githyanki have a treaty that essentially says no one is allowed to come here, but you all know that that treaty has ended, and it's not even like it just ended. It ended probably about 70 years ago or so. Dr. Shepard, being an illithid, hid. He felt that perhaps if they arrested him, Maybe they would just kill him upon on sight, not arrest him at all. Um, who knows? So he thought it was best to hide from literally his biggest enemies in the world, the Githyanki. And you were all taken away, and he had no choice but to wander off on his own. Dr. Shepard, you have just managed to sneak out of the front of the temple, the only entrance that you know of, and dash to the right, which um, you are heading northeast towards what looks to be like a really rocky and mountainous forest. You know that Gary is, uh, he was 13 miles away, but that was a couple minutes ago. And being a intergalactic ship, he can probably move pretty quickly if need be. What are you doing? And what is your plan here? Are you worried about the others seeing Gary as he approaches? Um, how far off are you trying to meet him? You do have like telecommunication with him because you have your device, so you are able to, you know, kind of plan that out if you want. Yeah, I am going to just as soon as I'm in uh, the woods, and I don't think that the Githyanki are going to be seeing me. I'm going to uh, run as as fast as my uh, legs can take me to um, try to meet up with them because at this point. The rest of my crew are already boarded up um, onto the the Githyanki ship, so I'm already kind of running through my head right now that no no matter what, it's gonna come down to uh, me needing to get on the Gary to either track them or get help or something. So I I need to get on the Gary. All right, so you are wandering into the woods and you were just running as fast as you can. You had um, told. Uh, Gary, to bring your spell ship um, a lot closer so you can meet him maybe close to a mile out. Um, Gary, you know, knows to, to try to avoid being seen, so the ship is cruising at a decently slow speed as not to make a lot of noise and staying pretty low to the trees. Being a mile or so out, um, it is possible that they might not see Gary approaching. However, they probably could perhaps detect Gary's presence as it approaches within only a few miles. Uh, But nonetheless, you are running through the woods and you will start hearing the buzz of its engine getting louder and louder and within just a few seconds, you'll see the ship just come kind of hovering over above the clearing in the woods where you have stopped and it will lower down in front of you, you know, very large ship. I'll uh, I'll run up the ramp and Shoot! Yeah, I'll run to the uh, like the command area of the Gary. When you come running towards it, uh, a little ramp will start to lower as the hydraulics release uh, a whole bunch of pressure, and 
you will walk up to the front and it seems like Gary knows who you are already just from as you approach and the doors open up immediately. Welcome back, Dr. Shepard. Yeah, Gary, get ready for takeoff. Stay low. Preparing for takeoff. Where should Gary head? <laughs> That's a good question, Gary. I wish I knew the answer. Let's, um... Does Dr. Shepard require refreshment? Yes, that would be great. One brain tube, but please, in the command center. As you're talking to him, you'll just hear, like, a little compartment that you know exists just open somewhere. And uh, when you look over, there's, like, a glowing light, and then there's, like, just a glass of water. Brain tube, (laughs) Gary. Brain tube. Gary does not offer brain tube. Okay, I'll I'll drink the water. Perhaps you prefer sweetened tea. It's mm. Gary. We're gonna need to pursue Gith Yankee. Gary shall pursue Gith Yankee ships from a distance, and please alert. The Lord's Armada. Preparing for liftoff. Entering flight mode. Start to go upwards. <laughs> like straight up. Uh, get, get down. Down, Gary. Down. Do I... Time for departure. Wait, Gary. Wait till they leave. Gary will land the ship. Preparing landing sequence. Prepare to land. I'm mm, prepared. And it just starts to lower back down. Do I see the Gith Yankee ship uh, from this distance at all? And if so, does it look like they're taking off yet? Like visually or like on your um, sensors? Yeah, I guess visually from the trees, there's no way. Uh, sensors. Do I? What kind? Of, what are my sensors looking like? So yeah, if you run over and check the sensors, um, you can manually access it and scan. I mean, it can scan essentially. You know, you can do like a low-level scan to scan the whole planet, or you can do like a detailed scan for something like specifically ships and things. And you can scan certainly within you know just a few miles away. And yeah, you still see that there are the six uh, ships still parked there. Gary, when they take off, follow from a distance. Not until they take off, but first let the Lords Armada know we've got Git Yankee problem. Gary will send message to Lord's Armada. What message shall Gary send to the Lord's Armada? Here, I'll type it and I'll go over to the keyboard and start typing. I'll type in crew captured by crew Gith- captured by Gith Yankee. By Gith Yankee. They don't think that the um, uh, treaty has ended. They do not think that the uh, um, treaty has ended. Send help. Send help. Um, just outside Amaron. Um, just outside Amaron. Love, Shepard. Love, Shepard. And then backspace, 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 Dr. Shepard. Love, Shep. Dr. Shepard. <laughs> All right, Gary, I'm going to just hang out now and take a short rest if I've got time. All right, I am just going to hang out right now and take a short rest if I have... Gary, I'm not type... I didn't type that, Gary. That was spoken. Don't add that to my message. Deleting message. (laughs) Gary. Gary's getting on my last nerve already. Gary's like Clippy from Microsoft. A very buggy. Would you like to save your work? Send it. Enter. I'm <laughs> slamming the enter. Message sent. Message sent. Message sent. You see that you sent it three times. <laughs> That's fine. Urgency is uh, appreciated here. All right, and so let's go back to the rest of the crew. The four of you are locked away in the back of this ship. You don't know really how much time has passed. It's probably been, you know, close to an hour since you were first arrested and taken away from the temple. But Ava was unconscious, and she is only just now starting to wake up. You know, it's been at least 30 or 40 minutes that you've been actually in this cell, and most of your equipment has been taken away. 
Um, it's not like they spent time like taking off your armor and stuff like that, but like weapons have been removed. Anything that's immediately accessible has been removed. The only things you could maybe conceivably have would be like a stash daggers or small things that are just like in your inner pockets. It's not like you got completely searched or anything. They just took away all the immediate type things and put you in this holding cell. The barrier that is holding you here appears to be some sort of magical barrier. It doesn't look necessarily physical. Like, you can see completely through it. It is transparent. And on the other side is where you can see all your gear. You can see a handful of Githyanki scientists just kind of doing work. And you also see Rodney. I'm sorry. I know you just said this. There are Githyanki on the other side of the barrier. Yeah, there's a couple. Maybe, like, from where, from your, you know, you might have to move to see all the angles. But you can see, like, three or four walking around. Um, they seem to be doing, like, science work. They're like tending to computers and they're like holding uh, data pads and like they're doing tests and things. It definitely seems like a labor- like a science laboratory. Lita would like to, in Gith, ask them if she can have her blanket from her things because it's cold. And then she would like to watch them and see if they have like a code that they input to like make the barrier go down for the cell or if they can just like pass things through it. Like she wants to see how they can interact with it if they agree to give her her blanket. So when you walk up and you start speaking in Gith, one of the scientists will just turn and stare at you and they just seem to be studying you as you stand there. Um, excuse me, um, it's a little cold in the cell and our friend just got revived and we want to make sure that she's okay. Would you mind terribly if I got my blanket out of my things? I'm fine you keeping my weapons and everything. I just really would like my blanket. Alright, do a persuasion check. Okay, 17. With the 17, the uh, Githyanki that you're talking to kind of stands there for a moment and in Githyanki, er, and in Gith will return saying... What do you what do you need your blanket for? It's it's not cold in here. No, I understand. Our friend just got back alive though, and we want to make sure that she's okay. And you know, once you um undead, not like undead, but not dead any longer, um your body takes a second to usually like get back used to things. So I just want to keep her warm, if that's okay. I start to like very like, oh, I'm so cold, like shiver shiver. You see, um the gith avert its gaze to like a distant perhaps screen you can't see both of your life signs seem to be fine but what does the blanket look like i suppose i can get it for you perhaps oh that's so kind of you if if you were to so graciously get us our blanket um it would just be a very fuzzy white blanket it has little puffs on it as like little balls you can see it walk over to where your gear is and then it, it kind of looks at it for a moment and instead uh, moves over to the side and presses a button and opens up and grabs a, a blanket from their ship and walks over and says, here, take this. And um, as you suspected, tosses it through the barrier and it just kind of goes through and then lands on the ground. Um, but they did give you a their own blanket, not your blanket. Thank you so much. And it's, a, it's like a small little throw blanket. It's not like anything special. It's not a comforter. I wrap it around Ava and, like, you know, pet sprinkle, or uh, sprinkle, Aww. apricot. <laughs> hey, apricot and sprinkle. I pet apricot. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep apricot, like, under the blanket. Like, I don't want them to know I have her, just in case. Like, that's none of their business. It's not for them to know that I have a ferret. So, uh, yeah, I think that we're, like, just discreetly, it probably looks weird from for other people, but just kind of peeking under the blanket. Uh <laughs> Making sure she's okay. She's better than ever, by the way. She is uh, unkillable now. So. so you can just summon her back? Jeremy's like, that's good. Let me just kill her and test it. Um, yeah, she's like a capital F familiar oh. now, in case the listeners were worried. So, yeah. She- I was going to say, I want to be unkillable. Can I be... Can I get that too? You too can be a weasel with one hit point if you wish to be mortal. <laughs> Info is uh, leaning against a wall, and one of his eyes has like matrixy looking font scrolling, and the other eye is his normal color. He's uh, installing a patch he downloaded the other day and didn't get around to installing. And yeah, as I, long as it's uh, on your hard drive already, you definitely can't. If you are attempting to, you certainly cannot access like their network. But uh, he's also uh, making sounds. And looking at Rodney, and Info's making these sounds like, 
very <laughs> elephant-like sounds because he speaks Loxodon, and Rodney understands languages that I speak. So I am uh, hatching a plan with Rodney via my elephant speak. <laughs> Would we have seen Info do that before? I'm basically just... Like, what is wrong with you, actually? Are you okay? <laughs> you see Rodney has been placed on a shelf, and um, around it is a sort of box that looks similar to like a 3D printer, but it's it's actually like scanning Rodney while containing it. Um, but yeah, it just starts making these Loxodon noises and um, more than, you know, about all of these scientists, all these Gith scientists are very, very surprised and they all seem very curious and almost concerned as they turn and are just looking at this thing very confusedly as it's just making these noises and then they will notice that Info is also making these noises and one of them will just say, Stop that! Stop that! Stop making that noise! Oh, sorry about that, lad. I'm installing a patch that I downloaded before and, well, sometimes it causes a feedback loop with my my little lad there and, uh, it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it'll just take a few moments there. But I gotta warn ya, that little lad there, he's, uh, he's a, uh, toxin containment unit that we brought along with us and uh we found some nasty stuff in that temple and so uh if if he starts spewing any sort of gases or anything i i would advise that you run because they will eat right through all the materials in this here ship so uh, just keep that in mind if you if you notice him starting to spew any sort of gases tell that thing to stop tell that thing to stop or it's gonna be vaporized all right, lad, it's your funeral, because if you vaporize it, it has a quantum singularity matrix in it that'll defy the laws of physics before you can even blink an eye. And then you'll end up with a ship and your body inside out. Do you want inside out, but I don't want to be inside out. Why don't you make a deception check to see if you uh, fool this thing successfully? Oh, crap. Minus one on deception. That's not going to go well. Got an eight. You um, say that, and it just turns its back to you, and it just begins to walk over to um, where Rodney's at and just begins to examine it, and you see some of the other Gith Yankee working on like some computer and reading different um, data analysts. One of them will say uh, in Gith, so I suppose not all of you will understand. It's Loxodon. It's speaking in some sort of strange dialect. Um, and it seems that within seconds they have managed to crack what language it's speaking uh, using their computers. All this time, you will then start to hear a somewhat panic kind of happen. And all this excitement suddenly stops as, as these like four curious scientists, a Gith Yankee, um, are no longer distracted by the Loxodon noises, but instead rush out of the room and begin heading towards the inner part of the ship. You hear, like, some sort of beeping noise happening uh, that they had responded to, and suddenly you'll just see a lot of activity kind of going on in a deeper part of the ship. No one is really close enough for you to kind of hear what is really happening. While no one's really, like, keeping a close eye on us, I would very much like to just kind of try to poke the magical barrier and see what what it's made of and what it does and all that. Okay. So, yeah, Ava just walks over. You just want to, like, hit it? I kind of just want to poke it, yeah. Like, I'm not going to go full punch yet, necessarily, but I would like to just see, uh, like, if it'll shock me or something if I touch it. Okay. Yeah, you walk over and touch it, and it you just see, like a ripple of color as you touch it and it feels like a solid surface and then it the ripple just kind of fades back to transparent it like you know if it wasn't for the slight hum and glow that it gives off it it almost looks like it's not there it's like looks like really clean glass or something but yeah you kind of feel like you're touching glass or something you just kind of know it's a magical barrier i do want to punch it okay go ahead and roll an attack okay are you just doing a normal normal punch? Are you doing, like, hands just, of harm or I'm gonna, crazy? I think I'm going to uh, just unarmed strike, see what happens. Uh, 23 to hit. All right, 23 hits. All right, do I have to roll damage or? <laughs> um, so you punch it, 
and you just feel like you punched it really hard. You're skilled enough to where it didn't like hurt your fist, but yeah, you feel like um, at least like a physical attack isn't going to disrupt this magical field. Okay. And you don't know that anything can necessarily, but you certainly know like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, Fleet-Eyed Kanan info, anybody have anything magical they want to try on this? It's I can't punch my way through. Um, I don't really have anything that can dispel. I have an idea. Jeremy, when we were being locked up in this cell, would we have noticed a mechanism or a control panel that was activated to bring up this barrier? So the barrier was activated and they walked you straight through it from the other side. And then when they put you down there, they basically had like rifles trained on you while they lowered the barrier and retreated and then put it back up. So it seems like it's only one-sided. But yeah, it did seem like they activated something on one of the panels close to like the front of this barrier that that leads to the cell. Okay. Uh, Are there any scientists left in the room outside the cell? No. um, You just see them like in the far distance, like further up in the ship because there is kind of an archway that doesn't have a closed door. It's really hard to see what they're doing, but you do see that a lot of people are in there. You would assume most of the ship is in this next room beyond this lab. Okay. You see that they're moving around kind of somewhat frantically. People are kind of running back and forth, but you don't really know what they're doing. But no, there are no scientists left in the lab right now. No one is um, directly observing you, at least, you know, physically. I'd like to cast Misty Step about five feet past the doorway and then frantically search the area for this panel that controls the, the locking mechanism. So you're just going to Misty Step right through the door? Yes, I'm going to attempt to. I don't know if that's going to work, but we're going to see. All right. So you attempt to Misty Step, and when you do so, you disappear, and suddenly everyone in the room will see the barrier light up, and you feel a shock of pain as you were thrown to the ground in front of it. It seems that the moment you encountered the threshold of the barrier, you were stopped and shoved to the ground with magical force. And uh, it's 2d10 force damage. Oh, crap. Did he make it across or is he back in the room with the others? So he takes 12 damage and he falls on the ground. He's still on your side of the barrier. Well, that didn't work. And we will go back to Dr. Shepard. Well, I had high hopes for that, so I'm sad. (laughs) Dr. Shepard, are you just watching the monitors to see um, if these ships leave and what you're going to do when they leave? Or are you kind of creeping closer? Or what are you doing over here? What kind of preparations are you making, if any? So what my plan is, um, (laughs) I I think I'm just going to kind of, uh, so I'm, Mostly trying to relax, try to find a brain tube somewhere to chomp down on while I uh, to get my resources back up. But um, so I think I'm about two miles away or so from the other ship. So once I see them start to head out, uh, my plan is to get the Gary to follow them. Ah, what's a good space distance to follow? And pursue from 10 miles? Uh. Well, here's the thing. If you're checking these sensors and you're just like, okay, waiting, waiting, like waiting for the see them start leaving or something, it would show that one of them has gone from powered down to powered on and is moving, but it seems to be in the same location. You will then see three more as well begin to lift off the ground on like your sensors. Like you can, it like shows that they're activating. But there are two ships that remain idle and they do not seem to power up. You do know when you were walking that there was a small party of them heading towards the temple. Um, So, you know, you don't necessarily know how many are staying back, but according to what you see on your sensors, at least two of the ships have not yet powered up. And um, they're hovering there for a good, you know, it's been about four or five minutes now and the four ships have been hovering in place while two still remain on the ground. You are seeing that your um, message has been sent, but you do know that you are far enough away that it will take time to uh, send that message 
all the way to the Lord's Alliance. But you know, it'll get to them eventually. You're, you're not, you're still within your solar system, so it's not like you're ridiculously far away. But yeah, you certainly don't have like a message back from them yet. How would you like to proceed? So I know that they no longer have their Magicoms, but is Gary able to somehow maybe either pinpoint or track a Magicom? Because right now I have no idea if they're in the two ships that are staying or if they're in the ships that are about to bail. And I don't want to make the wrong choice. Yeah, so you are definitely able to track their magic comms, especially since you are so close. Which one? Which one of them has the magic com built in? Uh, it's Steve, right? Yeah, who you're holding because he was uh, knocked out. Steve's with you, yeah. So yeah, so you scan and you see that there are three magic comms registering. While you know that you have your own and Steve with you, they do seem to be in one of the ships that are hovering about to leave um it does seem like like it is definitely readying to leave but it's been about five minutes and it hasn't left yet but in that time you do notice that all four of the ships begin to do a scan and you feel that you are within range of being scanned and that they at least probably know that there's another ship here (laughs) shit this is a catch 22 right here uh if i if I power down, I probably have a better chance of not being discovered by their, like, pinpointed by their scans. But, well, as these scans register, you know that upon them registering on your own satellites, that means that, that the magical waves have already hit your ship, meaning that they have detected you. If you were able to detect them scanning you, they have already scanned you. Well, Gary, <laughs> what are our options here? We've been scanned. Gary is ready for departure. Let's lift off. Start hovering. Gary is still hovering, ready for takeoff. Uh, how how do the scans work? So I know that we got hit by one. Is it going to be where they're like able to like continuously hone in on us? Or if like I had Gary skewed on back a mile or so? Uh, would they, like, if they did come and investigate, would they go to that previous spot we were, or would they be able to, like, see us moving now? Well, you do know it is kind of, like, similar to a sonar system, just more advanced, and it, like, pings pretty quickly. Every second, ding, 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 well, ding. And if you just were to take off suddenly, you would be gone. They might be able to detect what direction you were going, but it would only be a couple seconds before you're not within trackable range. Uh, what's what's the range that I'd be able to track their um, Magicoms? Is it just the two-mile communication range on it? Yeah, you do feel like you would not be able to track it if you were outside of the two-mile oh, range. shit, I don't know what to do. Oh, no. Gary, turn around. Fly away. In which direction would you like Gary to depart? Away from the Gith Yankee. Right. So he just goes in a sort of monkey paw sort of way without um, giving him explicit directions. He just kind of guns it. <laughs> God, I don't know. And suddenly you're going from like zero to like 30, 50, 100, 300, 800. Luckily, the ship is made for that, but at least the sudden part is pretty unnerving. Um, and before long, you were zooming still within the atmosphere of the planet going extremely fast. Like a couple thousand miles per hour. Okay, Gary, you can stop. <laughs> you definitely hear the beeping stop within seconds as you get way beyond their scanning distance. Okay, Gary, we can stop here now, please. All right, halting ship. And then it just slows to a stop. And Gary is hovering. Now hovering. Gary, options. Gary has many options available. Cool. What would you like to do? Rescue friends. Rescue friends. Should Gary bring the eclipse back to friends? Not if we're seen. Can you stealth? Sneak? Activating stealth mode. Cool, Gary. We could have done that the first time. You'll see the um, ship go down into like a sort of stealth. Like it's still... Like, if someone was standing there, they would see it, but it's not going to be picked up on scanners. However, that means it cannot warp 
and if you are to use your weapons, it immediately um, affects the shields in such a way that the you know that the de- the anti detection software would no longer function properly. Um, you also know that the Githyanki have arguably the most advanced ships in the galaxy, far beyond that of Torel, which only really started exploring sp- uh, space rather recently, especially in comparison to the Gith, because um, they have a, a more ancient space fleet than even than the moon orcs and the star elves. So you don't really know everything about their ships, but you know, you know, as, as, as far as most scanners go, this should do the trick as long as you don't kick it in the high gear or start firing or something. I love that. I forgot that we have that, that big document about like what our ship can actually do. But at the same time, I feel like Dr. Shepard doesn't really do anything on this ship. Like shit, the, like doesn't do like you know any kind of ship piloting or anything so I think it checks out that uh, Shepard doesn't know all the ship's capabilities uh, now if Kanan or uh, you know Info or someone was here then um, I'd probably be in a lot better position but now that I know I can at least stealth it I'll start um, heading back towards them alright you turn on the stealth shields and you begin to bring the eclipse back towards the rest of the crew Meanwhile, back on the other ship in prison. Do you suffer from chronic storytelling dysfunction? Do you find you're overrun with trite tropes and cliche character patterns? Well, you're not alone. In my old age, I was tired of boring stories, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, I feel young again. If you suffer from a lack of creative world building or one-dimensional character development, Dice Chronicles may be just what you need. My characters always felt flat and unable to perform, but with Dice Chronicles, I'm not afraid of being my true self. Before I started listening to Dice Chronicles, I felt so alone in my hunger. But now I'm a first-rate villain. Dice Chronicles gave me a purpose, but most importantly, it gave me a terrible French accent. Hi, I'm Yarn, and before Dice Chronicles, I used to be terrified of magic, but now after just a few episodes, I've got magic pouring out of my eyeballs. I used to suffer from crippling anxiety, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, now I only suffer from anxiety from going on an adventure with my friends. Dice Chronicles is not responsible for rolling natural ones, TPKs, or the general feeling that our characters are better than yours. Ask your DM today if Dice Chronicles is right for you. Find us at podbean.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, and I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Abide Asteria. So Abide Asteria is this brand new tabletop role-playing system, and it is unlike any tabletop game that I have ever played before. So you actually don't even use dice. This is a card-based system, and you don't need to buy, you know, some Abide Asteria cards and then buy some new ones with an expansion or anything like that. All you need is a standard deck of playing cards and you are ready to play Abide Asteria. On top of that, Abide Asteria is 100% free. All you need to do is go to AbideAsteria.com and they have everything you need to get started right now. I'm talking quick rules, character building, class options, race options, Everything that you can think of is right there on AbideAsteria.com. They even have character sheets that you can use so that you can play the game right away. It is a super, super awesome system. It's very innovative. It is a combination of both sci-fi and fantasy elements. It really hits all the different points that I'm looking for when it comes to playing a tabletop role-playing game. Jerundu and I actually had the pleasure of being able to test this game out the other day and I'm telling you everybody I am not exaggerating when this is one of the most innovative and one of the most fun tabletop role-playing systems that I have ever played when you go to abideasteria.com they have all the rules for you right there 100% free very well organized very very easy to get through it's extremely approachable the game and player's guide is also digital so it has these built-in hyperlinks where anytime it's referencing something in the text you just click the link and it takes you to that part of the document it was a whole lot of fun and you really need to go check it out once again that is abide hysteria and you can find that at abidehysteria.com meanwhile back on the other ship in prison So you're all locked in this cell and you see everyone getting excited and agitated and all like something is happening. And after a couple minutes, there'll just be like a strange hum of conversation going on. And two of the scientists will return 
back into the room. They look at you for a moment and then they just return to their duties. They're just walking around uh, doing things on the different screens and monitors and um, doing whatever it was they were doing before. You're not really sure what has transpired, but it seems like whatever it was has ended or changed in some way. What are you all doing still? Or did you want to try anything else? Uh, you know, Kanan probably had time to stand up by now. It has been a couple of minutes. But yeah, that hurt. Didn't feel great. <laughs> you alright, Kanan? Yeah, I'm just leaning against the wall, rubbing my head. Well, so you can't go through it. I wonder if you could cast magic that would appear on the other side. Do either of you have, like, Mage Hand or anything? As though Ava knows what Mage Hand is. That was not in me being like, does anyone have Mage Hand or something similar? Uh, I I think so. I don't think I thought that through all the way. Um, I have Mage Hand. Um, I can also heal you. Do you need healing? If I can cast magic in here. I assume we can. You just tried to cast magic. That'd be lovely, okay. actually. Um, so Lita will cast Cure Wounds. Um... I would keep wanting to say Patrick. I'm like, that's your <laughs> legit name. IRL name. <laughs> Lita will cast your wounds on Kanan, and he will heal for seven. Oh, thank you. That's a little bit better. And then I guess she will try to cast Mage Hand outside the barrier and see if it will appear. All right, so you heal Kanan for a little bit, and then you uh, go to cast Mage Hand, and um, you cast it for up to 30 feet. And it does appear on the other side of the barrier. What a turn of events. I didn't expect this. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. They don't know that I have Apricot. And I could theoretically, like, poof her and then resummon her on the other side. And she could press some buttons for us if we knew which ones to press. Didn't he just put, like, his hand against it whenever he trapped us in here? Could I try to just, like, stick the mage hand against the handy machine and see if it works? I'm just gonna try it. Why not? <laughs> Alright. Um, you put your mage hand up against it, and, um, suddenly you'll just hear him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit! The mage hand disappears. I dispel it immediately. <laughs> nope. Nope. Didn't do anything the two scientists that are in here immediately run over to the gate. The other two will come running into the room, as well as four armed Githyanki soldiers. They all start sprinting in there, and then they will jump to the side as the highest ranking of them that you had that had led your arrest before comes marching in. What's going on here? What's happening? And of course, he's barking this in Gith. Lita is sitting there, like, filing her nails, and is like, well, we couldn't possibly know. We've been sitting here the whole time. We haven't done anything. Other two scientists who go, I don't know. It just started beeping that way. And one's like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It just started beeping. And like they're looking, but but they're all in there. Everything's everything's okay. Do you have faulty technology? Isn't Git supposed to be like the most amazing technology in all the space? And then Git or? Yes. <laughs> Lita is communicating with this man in Kith, and he is just looking at you all. What are you doing? You can't escape from here. We have the most sophisticated technology in the galaxy. That's what I just said. I just said that you had the most sophisticated technology in the galaxy, and we are sitting here doing our nails and snuggling with our blanket that you so graciously gave us, and we're just enjoying a grand old time in prison. We love it. It's great. He said that they have the best technology and that we're trapped here forever. He'll suddenly hold up his hand. Stop! Stop! Shh! What? What? And you see him putting his hands to his ear. Well, I don't care. Then follow it. Well, send one of them. Just follow it. And then he, he moves his hand back down. You, you shut your mouth. I don't want any more trouble out of any of you. Or you won't even make it to prison. And he's going to stomp out of the room. And he kind of shoves through to the other scientists. And when they turn back, you see one of them roll their eyes. They don't seem to like very much. And um, he just seems like a dick. And he goes out of this laboratory and into and into the next compartment of the ship. And then you are just left with the scientist who... Just seem baffled and then start going back to examining whatever it was that they were examining before. Um, apparently there's a ship. Um, I can only assume we know who that is. Kanan, you're an engineer, correct? 
Uh, yes. You suddenly hear a very loud rumble directly beneath your feet. And being at the back of the ship, you can assume that the engines, or at least the thrusters, are probably somewhere near where you are all being kept. And you hear them roar to life. And suddenly, though ships are made to be comfortable and you can hardly feel the movement, you do, as an engineer, notice the difference as the ship seems to be moving now. Looks like we've begun a bit of a journey. Yeah, you can feel it in the floor plates. Well, I just felt the engines kick on. Oh, wait a second. Oh, I guess when I think of the sooner. Okay, so we have a magical barrier in front of us, correct? Right. Do you think it's a magical box? Or just a wall? I would assume that it's probably a wall. Well, I got news for you, lass. There's a lot of walls that make up a box, if only one of them's magical. Perhaps certain peoples could maybe mess around behind these walls if you're picking up what I'm dropping. Kind of? Why does everyone always look at me like I'm a gibbering jabbering? Plus, haven't you ever looked at a schematic? No one's gonna put the break up against an elder wall. It's too easy. It's too easy for people to to, to, to attach things to and uh, cut into and jailbreaks and such. I mean, I, I'm sure if we dug, if we went down, we would probably end up somewhere. I mean, I can do it. I don't need oxygen. Yeah, rapid depressurization of this chamber would be a terrible idea. Well, we've already seen things come in from out that way, right? So, I mean, would it be possible that the oxygen would just get sucked out of that or two? So they might need to engage in a emergency force field or something of that nature. I mean, if no one wants me to try it, I won't try it. But I've done my down, my upgrade patch, and I've got some, some fancy new tricks we could try. You only know for sure that there's stuff on the other side of the barrier. Kanan knows that below you and to the sides of you are the thrusters and engines. And that if you were to go too far, like... Kanan would know if he decided to miss, he stepped the other way. Assuming it's not a box and he could get through, he would be in the middle of space, if not in the middle of a thruster jet. I do have a less reckless, crazy idea. Uh, I do know a spell that can unlock doors and boxes, and I don't know if it would work on this this wall, but we could try it. Just don't say. And at that point, I'd like to... Why didn't you say something earlier? I was trying to just unlock it from the other side, and that clearly didn't work. This was, you know, a process of elimination. This is how old science works. But it, it would have been a, a shorter trip if you had just unlocked it, wouldn't it? Instead probably. <laughs> probably, yes. Or an alien console that you're not familiar with. I'd like to cast Knock on the Door. If it's a wall of force, I don't even think it can be dispelled, right? Well, I mean, what the hell do we even do once we get the fucking thing open? (laughs) If this doesn't work, plan B is going to be initiated. So you're focusing your arcane abilities. And as someone who is a skilled engineer and a skilled spellcaster, you realize, so without having to expel a spell slot that you cannot even target it. Okay. That it is a magical force and not an object that you can target. So we still have Apricot and Mage Hand that can go on the other it's side. It's not a boat. It's a space boat. <laughs> yeah. It's a space boat. Apricot's looking over like, oh god, again? <laughs> so meanwhile, on the Eclipse, you put yourself in stealth mode. You start returning that way. And you see that their scanners are still going off, trying to scan the area, but you are not, um, you know, as far as you know, you're not being detected by them. Are you going to, like, avoid going straight to the clearing where you had landed before? Or are you going to try to go, like, a different way? I mean, you certainly could just, like, you know, you're a ship, so you could go, like, miles and miles of different directions. Yeah, I want I want to, If are they still just hovering? Just hovering there? Well, you will see one of the four ships is now heading in your direction as soon as you get within about three miles of it. It seems to be going on like a slow kind of patrol mode, and it is heading towards the location, at least in the direction of the location you were previously at before, like, taking off. 
and warping, essentially, not warping, but like blasting out of there and out of their scanning range. And now that you return, you see that there are now three ships hovering, two parked, and one of them coming in your direction, more or less. And as you are looking, you do see the other three start to go in a different direction, and they're increasing with altitude slowly as if they're heading towards the atmosphere. I think I'm going to try to... I don't want to match their altitude. Um... I think I'm going to try to go, like, super high and, like, try to, like, beat them if I can. And, you know, I want to have, like, an above altitude of theirs and just kind of get, like, an above um, view of them. And I just want to ask Gary. Gary, how long for Lord's Armada? Message is still being sent. That's... Searching for appropriate network. Mm, that's not gonna work. Um, and I'll uh, estimated time nineteen hours. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be worse than that. Okay, it's still it's not gonna help in the. Okay, you do know you traveled eight days to get here. Oh, for the t- for the message to reach is nineteen hours. Yes. I thought it was for them to get here would be 19 hours. Okay. No, the message. Fuck said, that. Um, okay. They will receive it in 19 hours. <laughs> they yeah. Eight days to get to Andorra. Yeah, fuck that. Which is, which is three three planets away from Fuck Thoreau. that. Okay. Um, all right, Gary. Follow the ship with the crew. It's, it's that. It's that one. That one. With the rainbow. Stickers, you see it? <laughs> go get them. Go get them. Follow from a distance. It's got the Pride Week montage on the side. Yeah. <laughs> the Yankee Pride Parade is just notoriously amazing. I know. I it's always going. <laughs> They're kind of dicks, but they throw a hell of a Pride Parade. Yeah, you know, it's worth visiting. They're not great, but they did a lot for gay rights in space. Oh, it makes me want to kill them a little less. So, I mean. Yeah, don't you hate it when the villains are, like, gray? <laughs> Increasing altitude. And the ship begins to lift up towards the upper atmosphere. How high above them do you want to stay? Like, how many thousands of feet do you think like a mile and how are you going to avoid being visually seen? i don't i don't even i guess i guess I, I figured if i'm like behind them and up and above like a mile above mile behind i figured visually that would be pretty hard spot because you would need to be in the back of the ship looking in like you know what i mean i figured that's probably the least visibility that uh uh a, a spaceship would have would be in like the back top of it It'd be a weird like spaceport uh, so I'm just hedging my bets on that but I mean I may be wrong and they very well may be able to see me which I hope they can so you just want to be within scanning range but you want to stay back kind of far if you can like as far as you can while still being able to scan them yeah I want to still be able to trace so I want to be within that two miles yeah Gary is definitely able to um, use the eclipse to like lock on and know exactly which ship is the one with all of the different magicoms that you're homing in on. And you know, once you recognize it, you could certainly say like, you know, that's the ship, and you, you can certainly follow that one ship. So you can actually drop back to pretty far, much further, you know, uh, many many more miles back, and kind of hang back enough to where. Are you still trying to stay like? kind of behind them though but above yes i don't want them to see me okay so you're gonna have to depart the atmosphere sooner than they are and that's going to essentially cause you to have to follow the trajectory for a certain couple hundred thousand miles or so in a certain direction but you know that they will also have to do that you just have to kind of figure out where they're going to try to depart or you just want to kind of head in the direction they're currently heading attempt to go that way. Yeah, I'm realizing this math uh, now and science. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll uh, hope for the best and try to, just in that few seconds, continue along and hope that they're going to keep going on their path. Okay. So yeah, you rise up out of the atmosphere and you hover just on the outer edge as you wait for them to also depart. And that 
is where we will end this episode of Eclipse. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did when we were recording it. We had a lot of fun. It's really, really hard to ever stop, no matter how late it gets. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you subscribe to Eclipse so you never miss any of our episodes. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Please go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a review. Those things are super helpful, especially for a brand new podcast. You can keep up to date with all of the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That's at Eclipse Pod. We are super, super active on Twitter. And you can also go to theeclipsepod.com where you can learn about our show and our crew and the voice actors that are playing the characters on Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you'll definitely want to go and check that out as well. We are home to over a dozen amazing podcasts and streams, everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a weekly live nerdy craft stream on Twitch, so we really do all of it here at the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Heroes, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all of that awesome stuff that we're doing. Check out our streaming schedule and come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.